Final Five stuff. I have no idea how they're going to resolve this. Almost all the characters in the show are crazy. Don't let me just crush your theory. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Galactica Quorum. This is episode number 33. What's the Galactica Quorum? It's a fracking podcast. Indeed it is. It's a fracking podcast about Battlestar Galactica. Today in our quorum, we have myself, Brian, and... Dimitri. And Michelle. It's the off-season, and we are talking about Battlestar news as it comes in. We're also covering some other sci-fi shows. Our website is galacticacorum.com, and our email for you to reach us or send us a comment is gquorum at gmail.com. That's spelled G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. And our voicemail is 206 Three five zero six seven five six. We have some con news. Last time we mentioned Farpoint in Baltimore, February fifteenth to the seventeenth, with James Callis. I'm happy to say that some of us will be attending Farpoint, and in fact, uh, we've been invited, and we will be panelists. So, yeah. if you can make it there, come out and see us. Yeah, come by and say hello. We look forward to seeing you. We'll be doing meet and greets with fans and whatnot. And another con that's coming up later this year, a few months after that, is Wrath of Con, May 30th to June 1st in Panama City, Florida. That one will feature Aaron Douglas, Tom O'Pennicott, and Richard Hatch. I'm so excited. <laughs> Michelle will be clearly at that one as well. <laughs> Just want to mention a little promo for a podcast for the Terminator series that Michelle was involved with on the Two Guys Talking Network. She did a podcast talking about Terminator 3. In the run-up to the Sarah Connor Chronicles TV show, there's a bunch of Terminator podcasts that they're doing, and uh, she was involved with that. Is that posted yet? All of them, except for the second half of Terminator 3, have been posted, and I assume that should be up sometime soon. And speaking of web stuff, I just want to mention that we do have a presence on Facebook and on MySpace. Yay, Yay. Facebook. So if you want to have us... Become a fan. Become a fan of our show on Facebook for whatever that does. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Without friends, we would be nothing. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's how we value ourselves, how many friends we have. No, 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 no. We're not those type of people where we just approve anybody. No, that's true. You have to be legitimate. Right. You know, if your name's like Brandy and your profile says something like, uh, click here to see the rest of my pictures. Yeah, no. Now, if it was something like Grace Park. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, you'd get in. No problem. Hi, my name is Grace Park. If you want to see my resurrection pictures, please click here. <laughs> so I took one for the team and I rented the Razor DVD. And I. <laughs> How list- does that take you one for the team? Because did any, any of you want to see that again? Not really. No. Mainly I did to listen to the Ronald D. Moore commentary along with the writer, Michael Taylor. Just to see what they talked about, see if there's any little insights. I did learn that it was heavily edited in terms of structure, where in the original breakdown for the writing, it was more linear. And at the very end, they did some flashbacks, but instead of just kind of moving around. And usually when they talk about having to re-edit things and move stuff around, it's not a good sign. But I have to say that although this episode was not one of my favorites by any means, they actually did do the flashbacks reasonably well. So kind of surprised that they were able to pull it off, having to do what sounds like at the last minute shuffling of times and scenes and things like that. In our mini-sodes and some of our shows before Razor, we talked about some things, and I was kind of pleased that they mentioned some of the topics that we had discussed, like Ron Moore talked about uh, some of the artistic things, like the crest on Adama's helmet that was a nod to the original series. 
You mentioned the So Say We All parallels with the miniseries, the Adama Leoban fight in the miniseries that was kind of a mirror to the one he had with the Cylon. That's all stuff that we had brought up. So pat ourselves on the back for noticing that. They spent a good amount of time talking about how Kane was the first gay character and the unfortunate fact that she was also a crazy, crazy person. He spent a lot of time on that. And he actually said that Mrs. Ron was one that kind of pointed out that that might not be a, a good thing. And they didn't really have a good answer to how to resolve that. They kind of said that it's true that it is and it's unfortunate, but they didn't really have anything really more to to say. But aren't all, almost all the characters in the show are crazy. Maybe I should substitute crazy with homicidal well, maniac. Yeah. I mean, there's... Not, not, an, not a, a role model. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but none of them are really role models. I mean, they're no, all... No, but again, she, she was just off the hook. And yeah. I guess that's the one disappointment I had really with the commentary. And in a way, it wasn't too surprising because they spent very little time saying anything about why Kane's motivations were what they were. So they said, just in passing, we spent some time talking about the Kane character, and they left it at that. They didn't say anything over any of the scenes where she was doing crazy stuff about, oh, well, this happened, you know, this really stems back to X, Y, Z, and we justify it because of this. They just kind of washed over it, and that's, to me, kind of disappointing. They probably didn't have an answer. They didn't. And then there was the scene that was in the DVD version of her in the bunker, the Cylons come, they take her sister away, or they do whatever. And it was short, and it, compared to the Adama stuff, it didn't have the same punch. But again, in seeing it, it didn't really drive home anything that would have instilled in her just a seed of, of crazy. In terms of other stuff that was in the DVD that was not, we've already mentioned in a previous podcast, the long hybrid rambling speech that he had that held kinds of clues for season four. In addition, there was a short Baltar cutscene where he talks to Six on the deck when they are looking at the crashed Cylon fighter. And there is a Starbuck Shaw scene before they go on their mission. They're in a raptor and they're talking. But aside from that, not too much. There was a little bit more effects shots during the dock sequence where you see more destruction. You see another Battlestar just get destroyed. and Not too much more, really, in the DVD that wasn't shown on air. And speaking of season four, in a recent issue... It's been bumped to July. <laughs> no. In a recent issue of Entertainment Weekly, love that magazine, there is a photo of the cast in what they call a sort of Last Supper portrait, and it has commentary by Rondi Moore. He goes through each of the characters that are in the photo and gives a little clues or vague statements about what each of them is doing. So kind of going from left to right, and you might consider this podcast land uh, a spoiler because it does talk a little bit about season four. So if you're... Spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler alert. If you're really concerned that something might be given away in a a national magazine (laughs) that's going to like totally ruin the season for you, you might want to just plug your ears a little bit. Especially if you haven't seen season three. Right. So it has a, a photo of most of the cast. They're sitting at a long table. Again, this looks very like the Last Supper painting. And... uh on the left, we've got Rosalind, and she's burning something. And Ron Moore indicates that what she's burning has something to do with some plot twist that happens in the midseason. Uh, next to her is Trisha Helfer. And it's not Six, and it's not Gina. It's a new character called Natalie. But she is a Six. But she is a Six model. At first, I thought 
is it not a Cylon? Could this be like the, the real, the real, the human prototype that we talked about way, way, way back in one of our early episodes? But no, it, it sounds like she's sort of a almost like sound like a politician in the Cylon society. See, you know what that tells me? It tells me that they're going to start doing that where the humans and the Cylons start negotiating with each other and. We've mm-hmm. talked about this before, where it's not going to be such a vivid line of Cylons, evil, humans, good, mm-hmm. that it's going to kind of merge together. That's what she tells me. And she's pointing to someone on the other side of the table, but there's no clear indication who. Next to her is Ty. Ty is sitting there, again, looking in the, the other's direction, but he's not doing or gesturing or doing much of anything there. So very little clue with him. Brian, is it possible that she's not actually pointing at somebody, but it could it be something that's similar to like the creation of Adam, mm. even though this is not, you know, Michelangelo did both of them. Right. So it could be that the Cylons are the creators of the humans and not the other way around or some sort of weird thing like that. That's pretty good, sir. <laughs> Next to him is Apollo. Apollo is looking pensive and he's in a suit. He's not in his flight suit anymore. He's a civilian. So I guess he's flip-flop once more and he's turned in his commission and he's going to be just a civilian. So I don't know if he's going to be, I don't know. A banker. A banker. (laughs) (laughs) And next to him is Baltar and Six. She is looking off in the general direction towards the other Six model, but not directly. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. That's kind of vague. And then next to them is Starbuck and Anders, and they're in their BDU tank tops, and they're snuggling up. And Ron Moore's comment about them was that, if you notice, no one else is paying any attention to Starbuck, which I don't know what that could mean. Could it mean that they're ostracizing her or that they don't see her because she's a ghost? I don't know. Head Starbuck. Head Starbuck. Next to them is a crazy, the shining-looking Aaron Douglas, wielding a knife, looking at it with uh, malicious intent, and... Moore points out that Tyrrell's child is a hybrid and that has something to do with what he's doing in the picture, which I can't see him going so batty that he's going to kill his child. They that can't would, do that again. They can't do that again. They well, did that once before. They got enough shit over it. They're not going to... Well, of course he won't because the Cylons, what they want is a hybrid. So as a Cylon, it would be a, totally against their thing. I mean, the whole Hera thing. I mean, they were, they were trying to steal that baby over and over. But they're a different type of Cylon, though. No, but there's still a Cylon. We don't know what kind of Cylon, yeah. so we can't speculate that, but he's not going to kill her. If anything, maybe he's got the knife because he's going to protect him. Maybe he wants to kill himself. Mm. Yeah, it could be any number of things. Moore does say that Chief has a bad go of it this season, which would be fun to watch. <laughs> Next to him is Athena and Hilo, and they're hull up next to each other, looking across the table somewhat apprehensively. And Moore's comment about that is they're looking across the table, but you don't know at whom. They're regarding somebody with suspicion on the other side of the table. I think it's Natalie. Well, the way Ty is looking back towards them, who knows? Because they might... Well, if you look at Athena, she looks kind of frightened, and Hilo looks kind of like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I don't know. I think it might be Natalie. And then next to them is Adama, and he's... Not doing much, but Moore points out that while Rosalind and Adama on opposite ends of the table, they are not facing away from each other. And then finally, the last thing is there's one chalice, one little goblet at the table that's sitting in front of an empty space, an empty chair. And that would indicate that there is still one fifth Cylon that has not been identified. The Messiah. Could be. The Queen. 
And the comment that is made in the article is that doesn't that seem to point out that if it's an empty spot, then that means the fifth silent is not one of those in the picture. And Moore was a little bit cagey about it saying, hmm, you weren't supposed to really pick that up. Well, also, I mean, if all the people who are standing were sitting down, could they all sit behind the table in that one particular image? I don't think so. I think there are more people than there are theoretical spaces. So one of those people still could be. They could have just gotten up. That's true. That's true. And I don't think necessarily that the fifth silent is dead. They just might not be there yet. Because, you know, like the next coming of the Lord, you know, maybe they just haven't appeared yet. It's not their time. I, again, will state my theory and my belief that the fifth is dead, and I have narrowed it down. I think there are three prime candidates, and they are Shaw, Cat, and Ellen, all of which, based on what the hybrid said, they were looking for redemption in some way. Shaw had the thing at the end where she felt remorse or despair over having to kill the civilians. Cat had her own issues. She self-sacrificed to get the fleet through. They set it up somewhat with Cat being a smuggler before the attack, how they were saying you could have brought in Cylons or Cylon technology. And so there's that possibility. And I just still like Ellen. I think it would almost make sense that Ellen, she felt so badly about what she did to Ty for Ty. And if the two of them had been drawn as they were together, these two intense personalities, and they had both been this other type of Cylon. And to me, that makes a lot of sense. And I, Still think that would be a nice. nice the other way thing to do about it. Ellen is she showed up out of nowhere. Yeah, that. And she doesn't remember how she got there. Yeah. Although that does sort of not fly with the rest of them because the rest of them do have backstories that we all know about. Like Ty's well, been in the service a for a long time. backstory, but as far as how she got on the ship, it's quite possible she was on the planet and another Cylon knew that she needed to be off the planet. Yeah, I don't know. This whole that, fifth thing, of, it really of, confuses me. If none of the Cylons know that the fifth Cylons are Cylons, then the Cylon on the planet wouldn't know. I don't know. Make her go. You don't have to cry. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just taking your theory and crushing it. <laughs> the whole final, the whole final five stuff. I have no idea how they're going to resolve this. It's like you said. It's like they don't know who they are. They so how they couldn't really help them really. And like some of them are older than other ones. I how are they going to do this? They'll do it with words. I'll do it with words. I guess they do it well, because if they do this bad, I'm going to be really upset. It, it could be the thing that spoils the rest of the series if they don't, if they don't do it correctly. execute this correctly. Yeah. yeah, it really could. Well, they could always just wait to the last episode, the series finale, to reveal the fifth one, and that way it won't ruin it. Well, they they're not going to do, do that. They said they're going to do it fairly early in the fourth season. I'm just saying. We know. And I also wonder how they're going to end up... Don't let me just crush your theory. <laughs> Go on. And I also wonder how they're going to integrate Starbuck back into the ship because there would be so much distrust of her, right? Well, not necessarily. I mean, she was missing in action, but... Nobody she, knows that she's a nobody, harbinger of death. Yeah, don't, nobody knows where she disappeared. She just disappeared in the combat. She could show up. I mean, well, just soldiers disappear and show up. Think I mean, in terms of, of where they are. Think in terms of how they live in this state where they learn that silence could be anybody and they, they see copies of things. And then so this one person dies or disappears. And then miraculously, there's no real good explanation how she could just come back. Oh, People would be right. like, what? That's good. To me, what I'd like to see, which they're not going to do, is if Starbuck and Apollo, at the beginning of the season, just took off on their own and did something like a side plot where they kind of like in season one with Hilo on Caprica mm -hmm. or the one thing where Starbuck went back to Caprica 
for a couple episodes, just something off the main plot line for a while. They do their own bit. They need that, I think. They When they have everyone all together on one big storyline, they tend not to be able to juggle the characters as well. Although, granted, the Balthar on the base star subplot last season was not totally done to everyone's satisfaction, but I kind of like, and I think they kind of need to have a separate plot line. And if they go off on their own and they find something new, that'd be, that'd be good. Oh, I should mention that we got a voicemail. It didn't come through very well, but uh, the person who sent us the voicemail had mentioned that he would have liked to have seen Kane, perhaps what would have happened to her in the Star Trek universe if she would have been demoted or what would have happened to her. It's kind of funny because the actress was in the Star Trek universe. She obviously was a much different character, but she was in there. And I'm, I'm presuming that's how Ron Moore knew of her from the Star Trek history. But the whole Star Trek chain of command is just so different from the way Battlestar works. I mean, forget just the technologies and they're so different. It's not really even a good comparison. Although that's part of the reason why I like both the shows because I like military sci-fi. You know, it's why I'm going to miss this show so much because when this goes away, there's going to be a void of that. And I don't, don't just mean like Stargate where you got guns and whatever. I mean like ships and like armadas and fleets and that kind of thing. Stargate has that. They have one ship. They don't have an armada. They don't have fleets. Either way, the first episode of this season was brilliant. Okay. <laughs> so just in non-Battlestar news, uh, I guess it's more like geek news. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were playing Xbox, and we mm-hmm. were trying out the Burnout Paradise demo. Yes. What were your thoughts about that? I thought it was uh, fantastic. Well, the demo didn't have some of the, um, the game aspects that the first version had. I mean, it's just a demo, so they may have not included it, so I don't know. But there were just some things about it where you couldn't, uh, that, that were slightly different. But the graphics are phenomenal. The graphics of the car are phenomenal. The handling of the car is phenomenal. It just before, it was, it was good graphics, and you could go really fast, and you could crash into things. But now, it just seems a little more realistic. I like that you can uh, fill up gas. I like that you can paint your car. Those are little, little details. But what I really liked is we had talked about, I don't think we mentioned the podcast, but we had talked about it in just in conversation last year that when we were playing the game, it'd be fun if there was a map and there was an A where you start and a B where you have to go and you could take any route you wanted. In the, in the old game, they had those red X force field barriers that prevent you from going left or right down side streets. And this one doesn't have those. So it was really cool because you could... I mean, you, you don't get the best time, but you can go down a different street. And so what I'm hoping is that when the full game comes out, you can split screen, race against someone else, and then, I don't know, take a side street and T-bone them or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in the demo, I also noticed that if you actually hit someone, you destroyed your car rather than gaining points for it. Yeah, that's that's something that kind of... I like that mm, about the old game. I know. When I played the demo for the last game, as soon as like I smashed my first car and it you know, slow-mo did this destruction and kept going, I was like, yes, and you're just plowing through cars. And, and this one, it actually seems like it hinders you to hit traffic. It, but is it possible that this was just to excite people about it and they uh, maybe the new game will have all of that? Or I maybe. mean, I'm hoping that's what it is because I agree. You, Or maybe it's just a, a smarter way to hitting cars. Maybe instead of, I don't know, instead of just smashing full on you have to slide swipe them or something mm. but 
the whole point before was that's how you got your your boost. Your yeah. boost was to hit cars. All right. But one thing I, I forgot just now until you mentioned it is that when you're you're hauling ass down the left side of the road and there's cars coming onto you, they flash their headlights first. I don't know if you noticed that. And then as you get closer, they actually move out of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, graphics-wise, this is definitely an improvement over the last game. I just worry that they took a little bit of the fun of just smashing things, took that away, and... Well, we can't fully say that yet That's until right. we play the full game. Right. And it, well, it comes out soon, right? It comes out, yeah, within a week. So then, I'm going to definitely try it out and see what happens because, like I said, it, hopefully the full game is what we want because we like the crash mode where we... And then the crash, um, I forget what it's called, um, the, the element of the game where you they, they show you the map and then you have to create as much destruction as right. you can in the explosions. I'm hopeful for it. I'm just a little worried because of the demo. Last time, I was just so sold right from the demo from the get-go. And from this one, I was like, it looks pretty, but some of the stuff that I liked is absent. Has there been any write-ups on it? Have you seen anything? A little bit. There's um, stuff from the game creator who try to tell everyone that you know what you've seen in the demo is just a portion of the game and not to worry because we, we know what we're doing and trust us. <laughs> we'll see. What else is out? The Star Wars Lego Complete Trilogy game is out. That's fun. It's fun. You know what? But It's I, not any different than the other games. I will get it, but I, I'm not paying 50 bucks for half of a game that I've already played. Is, I know it has online play and all that stuff. but Is I, it just more stories, more storyline? There is a little bit more storyline, but what it is, it's the first one with the original trilogy, and it's the second one. No. <laughs> it's the prequel trilogy It's the first game. one with the prequel trilogy and the second one with the original trilogy. All in one game, rather than because uh, you know one was on the Xbox and then the other was on the Xbox 360. Oh, okay. So okay, so they just put it all together. Yeah, it's yeah. all together now. I haven't played the prequel trilogy one, so that would be fun to play and play co-op. But the nice thing about the prequel know. one is you get Jar Jar and you can beat him up. I think you actually get an achievement for that if you kill Jar Jar. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> they know how to please the crowd. What else are you playing? Anything? I haven't seen you online in a long time. I haven't really been playing. Ted's been playing Mass Effect. He just finished Mass Effect. And I think last night he was playing, what was he playing? He must have been playing Prey. I don't know, but he was playing something. I woke up at 2 a.m. and I heard gunshots in the upstairs loft area. (laughs) And I'm like, what the? So I had to go upstairs and tell him to turn it down. Anything else you can think of? I don't know. I think Heroes has just been done. And I don't think we need to talk about Heroes. I got to tell you, I haven't actually thought about Heroes at all. I don't even look forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it. One thing I'm looking forward to, and I'm just jonesing, is uh, Torchwood. Yeah, I gotta watch that And I don't know when Eureka comes back, but I just can't wait for it. Is that season two of Torchwood? Yes. It's season two of Torchwood and three of Eureka. I'm so looking And I don't know when Doctor Who comes back either, but I really need a little Who in my life. I'm looking forward to the next season of Doctor Who only because I love David Tennant. I am so not looking forward to the, the new companion at all. I am not thrilled about her at all. Well, see, you mentioned that she was in the Christmas special, and I thought I had seen the Christmas special. She so. was in the one that was not this Christmas, but the previous Christmas. The school episode? The boys' school? That was in the Christmas episode. Oh, then I didn't see any Christmas episode. Okay. She I played a, a She fan. played a bride. I don't know. She had some weird thing going on. But I'm, I'm not thrilled with her. And it's not because she's an older woman. It's just because I wasn't thrilled with her as an actress to begin with. So, I mean, we'll see. Maybe she'll do better, but I've also heard that Billy Piper's coming back for some guest spots or whatever. Not thrilled about that either. But anyways. <laughs> Does the writer's strike affect shows that are produced in Britain? 
Like, I think it's a whole different guild. So, like, theoretically, they could be producing shows over there that right. we could be... That totally can. But networks could theoretically pick up British shows, but they'd have to edit them a lot. Yeah, yeah. They'd have to shave off 10 to 15 minutes off the show, depending if that show in England had commercials, because some of them don't. Well, yeah, but apparently the shows in England are a little bit longer than ours anyways. Well, they are. Well, they, they have, there's two, I guess. There's satellite TV and there's terrestrial TV, they call it. Terrestrial TV is where people pay a yearly fee to have a television license so you can watch television at home, but there are no commercials. So it's like network TV, but without commercials. So those shows are 55 minutes long. The cable shows, which you have to pay for a cable, have commercials like here. This is a story I got from my English friend, Rosie. So yeah, Torchwood is like 55 minutes long. And so the Torchwood that we watch here would be 45 or 40 minutes long because of the commercials. So they cut out a bunch. Last I heard, the final episode of Doctor Who, when it aired in the U.S., they had to cut out a scene that I thought was pretty significant, but apparently it didn't matter for the U.S. audience. But they cut out some scenes. So if you really want to know what happened, because networks are repurposing some stuff from even like Showtime. There's that Dexter yeah. show that's well, coming up, and I'm sure they have to edit that a lot. Well, Showtime's not a network, but uh, HBO picked up a, an English half-hour comedy series, which is hysterical, called Extras. I mean, it's 100% politically incorrect. They offend everybody. I watch it, and I get embarrassed for the characters in the show, actually. We'll be sitting downstairs by myself watching TV and I'll cover my eyes because <laughs> I can't believe what's going to happen because you feel it coming. Since it's on HBO, they haven't cut anything out. There are no commercials and all the profanity is in there. And some of the people, I guess, what is it, Cockney? Like, I can't understand some of the English. So maybe 10%, 15%, I don't know what they say. <laughs> and I think it's Cockney is the, is the dialect or whatever, mm. the, the, the way they speak. Okay, I think that wraps up this episode. Thanks for joining us. Our email again is gquorum at gmail.com. And our voicemail is 206-350-6756. So until next time, see you later. Bye-bye. So say we all. There's a helicopter going by. They found us. Chinook. Do chickens have large talons? <laughs> I like the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs>